from the Western Riverside Council of Governments. I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CODcast. Southern California Edison, also known as SCE, is the primary electricity company for Southern California. Serving roughly 15 million people, over 5 million accounts, SCE plays a key role in our communities. Today, we welcome to the CogCast Joshua Torres, Senior Policy Advisor at SCE, to share more about this key partner and provide insight into upcoming projects and technology. So Joshua, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I actually grew up here in the Inland Empire. Oh, okay. Um, and my spouse is also from the Inland Empire, and we still have lots of friends and family that call San Bernardino and Riverside County's home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then your role at um, SCE as a senior policy advisor, what does that look like day to day for you? What are some of those tasks? So basically, my job is to talk about building a clean energy future with our local community leaders. And so that's a lot of local elected officials, city council members, county supervisors, um, business leaders, a lot of uh, business chamber directors and presidents, uh, nonprofits. And I talk with them about a variety of clean energy topics like renewable energy, electric vehicles, energy storage, and, and things like that. Definitely. So um, kind of jumping in more into the body of our discussion. So we're going to come back to that idea of clean energy. But first, can you just explain what SCE does, maybe 60 seconds or less, to someone who is not familiar? Yeah. So Southern California Edison is one of the largest electric utilities in the state and even in the country. Um, we've been serving Southern California for over 130 years. Mm-hmm. We have over 5 million accounts, which represents wow. 200 different communities, uh, 15 million residents, and over half a million businesses. So we have just over 12,000 employees, almost entirely located in Central and Southern California, um, and about 3,000 of them live in the Inland Empire. That's awesome. Um, So kind of going back to that topic before, what is clean energy and what is SCE's vision for clean energy? Yeah, so we use energy in a lot of different ways. And so energy is more than just the electricity that comes out of the outlets in our in our homes and businesses Um, we use energy when we turn on the faucet we use energy for cooking our food and Mm -hmm. heating our homes Um, we use energy when we buy things at the store and right now most of that energy comes from fossil fuels and Mm -hmm. this produces a lot of pollution and you know those of us that are from the inland empire we see this <laughs> very much every single day when you know you look outside and you see you know haze across the valley floor uh, and so clean energy is any type of energy that doesn't result in this pollution. Um, we, we typically think of it as like emissions free it doesn't produce anything that we pump into the air or into the ground uh, for Edison, the types of clean energy that we provide to our customers include solar, wind, geothermal, and hydroelectric. Um, in fact, last year, in 2018, we provided 46% of the electricity that we delivered to our customers came from emission-free sources like uh, solar, wind, and, and hydro. That's awesome. You said 46%? 46%. 
Correct. That's awesome. And do customers, do they like opt into that or what is that process? That's the default. Okay. So we, we do have an option. We have something called a green rate where customers can opt into a higher amount, mm-hmm. um, either 50% or 100%, but 46% is just the default for being an Edison customer. That's awesome. Um, and so we, and we are on track to increase that to 80% carbon free by 2030, which will put us in a really good position to get to 100% carbon free by 2045 as required mm-hmm. by state law. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, we released a, a white paper outlining our vision for what a clean energy future might look like. Um, We call it Pathway 2045, and it outlines how California can achieve carbon neutrality by the year 2045. So in this clean energy future, our grid is first powered by 100% carbon-free resources. Um, We forecast that almost half of our customers will have some combination of solar and or energy storage. These customer-owned resources combined with a modernized Uh, electric grid will help improve reliability and make us more resilient against disasters like heat waves and Mm -hmm. wildfires. Mm -hmm. The transportation sector will be largely electrified, not entirely, but largely. Um, Charging stations will be ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. It'll be, you know, everywhere that people are going, businesses, schools, hospitals, Mm -hmm. hotels. Um, And electric vehicles will have a major cost advantage over combustion vehicles due to this trend that we're seeing even today of declining Mm. battery prices. Mm. So eventually there'll be a tipping point, probably like within the next like five to seven years where electric vehicles become less expensive uh, to purchase. But most importantly, our local air quality will improve dramatically because we won't be combusting as much Mm. fossil fuels and pumping all that exhaust into the air that we breathe. Mm. This, importantly, this clean energy future will be affordable. So we forecast spend on energy for the average customer will decline by about one third Mm. um, by 2045. And for customers who embrace an electric-led lifestyle, the savings will be even greater. I think that addresses a large myth, too, in society where people associate or can associate um, alternative ways to fuel and do life, as you're saying, use clean energy as really expensive. But mm-hmm. you just, to clarify, you're saying that by 2045, we're going to see a one-third decrease in that cost. When you look at all energy costs, because okay. again, you know, it's not just electricity. We're spending um, money on different types of energy, electricity, natural gas, gasoline. Mm-hmm. And so think about it. If you drive an electric vehicle, what are you not spending money on? Mm-hmm. Gasoline. <laughs> and, you know, for customers that take advantage of Edison's off-peak rates um, to charge their electric vehicles, they're paying about the equivalent of $1.50 a gallon. Mm-hmm. And where in the United States can you get gasoline for $1.50 a gallon? Like <laughs> nowhere. Montana? I have no idea. No, I've checked. <laughs> At least according to AAA. Per AAA's website, there's no state in the union that has gasoline prices that low. Hmm, that's, but, that's really insightful. Yeah, but if you drive on electricity, that's what our customers are paying today in 2019. That's awesome. There's, it's obvious that there's so much going behind the scenes, not only when you fill up your gas tank, but when you switch on a light or things of that nature, too. Um, so can you kind of touched on this briefly, but can you describe some of the programs that SCE has in place to promote clean energy? Yeah, we have a lot. So in, in general, you know, we are focused on developing clean energy solutions and making those easier 
um, for our customers to adopt and importantly making sure that they're still affordable. Um, but we have a variety of uh, incentives and assistance programs both for local governments as well as individual residents and businesses. Um, so for example, we offer technical assistance to local governments that are interested in doing things like developing an EV readiness plan or exploring energy reach codes. Um, so we have staff at Edison that can help city and county staff um, explore those options. Mm -hmm. We have our Charge Ready Transport program that helps uh, pay for the installation of charging infrastructure for commercial fleets. Um, so this includes public transit agencies, school districts, and the logistic industry. Um, so that helps address a major barrier for those for that sector um, going electric. Mm -hmm. uh, we have our Clean Fuel Rewards program that gives all Edison customers $1,000 for purchasing or leasing an electric vehicle. Um, and that applies uh, on top of state and federal incentives, but it's open to both uh, used vehicles as well as new vehicles. Um, and it also applies to plug-in hybrids. So if, like many people in the Inland Empire, you mm -hmm. have a far commute and you have a little <laughs> range anxiety about going all electric, um, we do. they are our... Uh, plug-in hybrids, and those qualify for our rebate as well, too. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, many incentives for customers who want to install solar and or energy storage uh, at their home or business. So our new TOU prime rate combined with the net energy metering program and the self-generation incentive program make installing uh, storage and solar together more beneficial than standalone solar for a large number of our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I mentioned earlier, if you, like me, if you live in a, in a condo or an apartment and you don't have the option of installing your own solar panels, mm -hmm. we do have the green rate that customers can sign up for at any time. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, we have a, an application at the Public Utilities Commission, which if the PUC approves it, will provide incentives to install up to 48,000 public chargers. Oh, wow. Um, so these are the charging stations for passenger vehicles. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot, but do you know how mm -hmm. many um, public charging stations there are currently? Um, I don't. And there's a good reason for that because <laughs> the number is going up really rapidly. Mm -hmm. The last number I saw said that there were 16,000 throughout the state, mm -hmm. um, but that was a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, and just based on the volume of applications that we're getting within our own service territory right. Edison, um, the number's going up pretty rapidly. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Which is a very good thing. Definitely. So what are some of the results of the programs you just mentioned? And um, if you can, can you boil that down maybe to Western Riverside County too? I have them for Riverside County. Okay, so that's, that's great. <laughs> a little bit more local. Um, so uh, within Riverside County, we have almost 78,000 customers with rooftop solar, which is almost one in eight. So it's a little less than 12% um, that have rooftop solar, and that's residential and commercial. Um, we have over 600 customers that have already installed uh, battery storage on site. So this is customer-owned, not utility scale. Uh, we have 38 EV chargers that have been funded by our Charge Ready Pilot Program. Um, which is only a small subset of the total chargers that exist. Mm -hmm. um, and there are about 13,000 plug-in electric vehicles in, Reg in Riverside County, according to the DMV. And so that includes both all electric as well as plug-in hybrid. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. So it's obvious that SCE has a lot of moving parts to it. You guys are involved in a lot of different areas um, regarding clean energy. Um, but what are, I imagine that there's some tension there too. So what are some of the challenges that SCE faces? I think the biggest challenge is around customer adoption. So mm. all uh, this entire clean energy transition rests on customer adoption. Mm. Like customers have to adopt these technologies. They have to buy the electric vehicles. They have to install mm -hmm. solar panels and the battery storage. They have to replace their appliances with electric heat pump uh, water heaters and space heaters. Um, and so customer adoption is a big challenge. And there are a number of, of barriers for clean energy technologies that we are looking at uh, addressing to remove them, remove those barriers for our customers, because we want to mm -hmm. make it as easy as possible mm -hmm. for them to make the switch to clean energy solutions. Um, sort of tangentially related to that is there's just a lot of questions and concerns. Mm -hmm. um, you know, change for some people can be very difficult and you know there, there's a little bit of fear of the unknown um and then you know so there'll be a little bit of a learning curve as people get comfortable with these technologies they get um we have to answer their questions uh you know people want to kick the tires so to speak <laughs> um a little bit of that though is being um exacerbated by you know certain parties that are either opposed to our transition to a clean energy future or maybe want to kind of slow it down and are you know sort of feeding the misinformation and and kind of playing on on that and and sowing doubt with customers mm -hmm. um and so we spend a lot of our time uh, addressing, at least in my department, in, in our local public affairs department, uh, addressing those concerns, answering questions, and mm -hmm. trying to get uh, customers comfortable with the realm of what's possible with a clean energy future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think you answered this previously, but just a little bit more information. So how do you approach the, ch the challenges that SCE faces? So we approach it in a number of different ways. So one, you know, a lot of people uh, learn through experiencing. Um, and so, you know, we do a lot of activities like uh, ride and drives with electric mm -hmm. vehicles where we go out to community events and uh, provide opportunities for the public to test drive these vehicles um, firsthand and, and see if they're ready for an electric vehicle. Um, cooking demonstrations with uh, in electric induction stoves. We have a variety of cooking classes that we do out of our uh, energy education center mm -hmm. in Irwindale, uh, you know. We're very active in um, pushing out information about the clean energy future through our website, through the uh, different communications that we send out to customers uh, on social media. Uh, my department does a lot of public speaking, so we're going mm -hmm. to city council meetings and to chamber of commerce meetings, uh, conferences, different community events, and mm -hmm. speaking on clean energy topics, uh, trying to address of uh, the variety of customer concerns, <laughs> you know, no one's coming for your stove. Uh, there'll be plenty of power uh, for all these electric vehicles and fully electric homes. Um, you know, we're working to install, you know, tens of thousands of electric vehicle chargers to make sure that the charging stations are in locations where customers want to go. Um, all the upgrades that we're doing to the grid now and over the next 25 years in order to get to 100% carbon-free power are also gonna help make the grid more reliable and more resilient. Um, and most importantly, this transition is going to unfold over multiple decades because mm -hmm. I think a lot of customers have this perception that it's gonna be like an abrupt 
uh, abrupt transition. Like, mm-hmm. we're just going to, like, stop the brakes <laughs> and stop using fossil fuels, and everyone's going to have to sell their car and get rid of all their gas appliances, <laughs> and it's just going to cost so much money. Uh, but the reality is it's going to happen over several decades. And so it's really going to be more focused on natural retirement. Like, when I go to trade in my car, you know, at that point in time, I'll think about, you know, should I you know, purchase or lease an electric vehicle. Mm. When my water heater goes out at that point in time, I'll think about, you know, ooh, should I get an electric heat pump water heater mm-hmm. and switch over to that? So it's just making cu- customers comfortable with how this clean energy transition is going to unfold. Right. I'm sure it's answering a lot of, a lot of questions. There's a lot. <laughs> so looking forward, what does the future hold for SCE and what are maybe some of the projects that are coming down the pipeline? Uh, so first, I guess it's not really new. It's just more of the same which is <laughs> investing in the grid, you know, so that's our core business. Uh, for the past several years, we have been investing four billion dollars four billion mm-hmm. with a B um, <laughs> every single year. And we plan to continue to do that for the foreseeable future, um, at least through the end of the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, this is everything from basic maintenance work to hardening the grid against the threat from wildfires mm-hmm. to modernizing the grid to accommodate more clean energy technologies like solar batteries and electric vehicles. Um, so that's something that we're just always going to be doing. So starting very soon, hopefully next year in 2020, we will be rolling out some new incentives to help customers adopt clean energy technologies inside the home. Um, so we've, a lot of people are pretty familiar with things that are that go outside, like solar panels and EV chargers. Um, but you know, we're hoping to. Uh, better introduce customers to things like electric heat pump water heaters and electric heat pump HVACs. Um, you know, these technologies can be very affordable, clean alternatives to burning fossil fuels inside of our homes. And we want to help customers make the switch. Um, then I briefly touched on this earlier. The other um, thing that we're super excited about is that we're eagerly waiting a decision on our Charge Ready 2 application, um, which is currently at the Public Utilities Commission under review. Um, if approved, that will provide incentives for up to 48,000 public charging stations throughout mm-hmm. our service territory. Um, and importantly, there's a carve-out for uh, multi-unit dwellings, mm-hmm. so places like apartments and condos, because um, we uh, want to make sure that all of our customers are able to participate in this clean energy future. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have more to come on that very, very soon. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast and just for sharing more about SCE and the up- exciting upcoming projects. It's so obvious that you guys have such a profound impact on not only Riverside County, but most, if not all of Southern California. So do you have any final remarks before we sign off? Um, I just would strongly encourage all of our listeners to visit our website at edison.com slash pathway 2045. Take a look at our new uh, white paper outlining uh, what it will take to uh, get California to carbon neutrality by 2045. Um, you know, we're obviously very proud of, <laughs> of our analysis, um, but we are really hoping that this paper will help shape some very important conversations that we have to have in California uh, very soon. Uh, 2045 sounds like it's far off, but a lot of the steps that we need to take in order to get there, um, we need to start making those steps very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. The Western Riverside Council of Governments, also known as WRCOG, exists to unify the Western Riverside County so that it can speak with a collective voice on important issues that affect its members. 
For more information on WRCOG and the CogCast, please visit us at www.wrcog.us.